Welcome to day 268 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. And, of course, we are coming to the climax of that drama in the person of Christ. Uh, there's a grand narrative through Scripture, creation, you know, that God created us as a reflection of His heart and character in order to enjoy and thrive in life under His gracious rule. But we rejected His grace and His rule, and from the moment that we did that, we uh, caused all of creation, our lives, uh, to fall into chaos. But God uh, wouldn't allow our sin to be uh, the period at the end of the sentence of our life or the final paragraph of our life. From the very beginning, He promised uh, to pursue and eventually conquer everything that uh, stood against us. And so that is the story of Scripture, you know, God's redemptive plan unfolding, uh, you know, through the person of Abraham, through the people of Israel, uh, through kings like David, especially a king like David, and through the provinces uh, of the new covenant that we see in the prophets, and all of those things are being fulfilled in, in the person of Christ. So we take Christ from his baptism to uh, his experience in the wilderness, which parallels the experience of Israel. Uh, he goes to the very place where they were tested and failed, and of course he is tested and, and proves himself to, to be the true Israel, the true faithful one, mm -hmm. uh, our true representative. Everything Adam was not, everything that Israel was not. Mm -hmm. So we come to uh, Matthew chapter 4. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for Scripture. We thank you for the, the beauty of the story. We thank you for the elegance of the narrative. Uh, we thank you for the height and the tenderness of the poetry. Uh, we thank you that you've given us a wonderful literary masterpiece in Scripture. But beyond that, Father, you have revealed your heart and your character to us. And when we look into Scripture, we see you for who you are, and we see ourselves for who we are. And uh, we avail ourselves to your work through your Spirit to transform us into the image of your Son, uh, for your glory and for your joy. So we pray as we always do in our joy. We pray as we always do uh, that you would, uh, in this moment, meet us where we are and by your Spirit complete your work in us. Amen. In Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. When Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. To fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain and demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So you have the early portrait of Jesus' ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, there's kind of a nice reversal that's taking place. Mm-hmm. You have Jesus, you know, coming from uh, the land, uh, you know, that uh, uh, from from Galilee down to the Jordan, and, and crossing the Jordan in reverse. So remember, the people of Israel had crossed the Jordan in order to take possession of the land. Uh, Jesus is crossing from the land back into. Uh, the wilderness where his you know temptation takes place, mm-hmm. and it's no accident that he is. Uh, uh, all of his quotations come from the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses is warning the people of Israel against their unfaithfulness of the past to hold true, uh, you know, to the coming one. And interesting enough, in De- Deuteronomy, he'll even predict there will be a prophet one day that will rise up among you. You must listen to him, and, and so you have this you know nice picture of Jesus fulfilling the role of Israel uh, as the successful son of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, that's an image that we, we learned was used for Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever Moses went to Pharaoh and said, you know, Israel is my firstborn son, here is the, the faithful son, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the wilderness and succeeding where Israel had failed. And what an interesting note, you know, that it was the Spirit who led him into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And even thinking off of, Yesterday's text, you know, right at the baptism of Jesus, you get the bat, you get the Spirit descending upon Jesus, and I mean, it always makes me think of the words of Isaiah forty-two. It says, "Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my Spirit upon him; he will bring forth justice to the nations." You know, and then once the Spirit does anoint Jesus, what happens? The Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by you know the mm-hmm. devil, and it is. It's that in that moment, that tempting, that testing, where Jesus is going to succeed where Israel failed, mm-hmm. and we're seeing, you know. The very way he will succeed is by dependence mm-hmm. on God and God's yeah. word, where Israel was led by God into the wilderness and failed. You know, did not hold fast to, to God's word. But here we see, you know, the true Israel um, succeeding yeah. where we fell. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be just a little bit of irony in a couple of days. We'll, uh, you know, look at uh, Jesus' instruction on prayer. And part of his instruction on prayer is lead us not into temptation, but here you have the Spirit of God leading him, yeah. you know, in, into into temptation. And of course, that that's our ultimate desire. We don't we don't want to be led into a time of testing or a time of trial. Uh, but God, in His wisdom and in His sovereignty, knows exactly how to guide us and exactly how to sustain us, you know, in the middle of you know temptation mm-hmm. uh, and, and trial. You know, I remember um, as a younger reader of scripture when i would come to this passage uh you yes paul were you gonna <laughs> you were actually a, a younger reader was, of scripture yesterday yeah, that's true you are today absolutely but, yeah. yeah but i just always remember coming to this passage and just so puzzled why the spirit would lead him that way and and then it wasn't until i began to 
really understand um, prophecy and just that not that I understand prophecy, that I understand the fulfillment of prophecy, just how beautifully the Old Testament and the New Testament are tied together and how how beautifully, you know, Christ was fulfilling that role that Israel had failed at, you know, going yeah. back. So. And, and this is, you know, this is fulfillment, not in the way that we often think of prophecy as yeah. a, you know, a straight line prediction, but this is Christ living the fullness of the images that the Old Testament is preparing right, right. us for. Mm-hmm. And so one of the big ones for them is, is the Exodus mm-hmm. uh, and the entry into in uh, the enter into the promised land, and so you do have Jesus fulfilling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the call of God on the nation of Israel uh, and facing up. And and I love you know his response, you know, after fasting for forty in the forty days parallel to the forty years, yeah. right. you know, that they wandered in the wilderness because of their unfaithfulness, right. and uh, of course the fact that he is hungry. And of course, God sustained them, you know, the entire you know time they were there, you know, with manna, which they kind of grumbled about. And so the quotation from Deuteronomy chapter eight is, you know, God led you into the wilderness, a place with no resources. He humbled you and he fed you. And the reason that he humbled you and he fed you is so that you could learn this really important truth mm-hmm. that, that there, there's far more to life than bread alone or just the common needs that we feel around us. We have a deep-seated need, yeah. uh, you know, to hear and respond, you know, to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's a very rich passage when you move back into, mm-hmm. you know, that passage uh, where God humbles us. He takes us into uh, sparse circumstances. He humbles us and he teaches us. And what he teaches us is how how to depend on him. Mm-hmm. That's so great. But, and, you know, just reading this chapter, re- really reading Matthew so far, you know, it's it's really one of those reminders that if the better we know our Old Testament, the better we're going to know Jesus yeah. in this moment. So true. You know, and I remember Christopher Wright wrote a book uh, talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. He kind of asked the question, you know, how did Jesus come to, to fully you know, know the identity of the Messiah from a human perspective. You know, he said that he, he saturated mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, you know, and, and you see these themes. I mean, if, if we divorce this passage from the Old Testament, then Jesus healing the sick is just kind of a great wonder work. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. instead, if you're reading with the anticipation of these themes that's found in the prophets and I mean, just read Isaiah, it seems like Matthew's just like, hey, Isaiah, Isaiah, go back to Isaiah. I mean, the, the, these miracles that Jesus comes and performs mm-hmm. and healing the sick and the blind and the mute, cast out demons, those were all things that were mm-hmm. said would come when the Messiah comes, when the age of the Messiah comes. And yeah. so here we are, the Messiah mm-hmm. has dawned. Yeah. And, and they're a larger picture of, you know, God's work at restoring everything that yeah. we lost in the fall. Yeah. So in the fall, we, we have, you know, death and disease. And of course, we have uh, the rule of the enemy over us. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you have a picture of, what the kingdom of God looks like. It's a kingdom of restoration. And that restoration, of course, begins in a spiritual way with us as we are reconciled to God and reconciled to one another through the work of God. But the continuing work of God is not you know, just simply an initial act of restoration, but it's a renewal of all things. And mm-hmm. you see see those you know, portrayed in, in, those, in those healings. And quite a, you know, quite a comprehensive list. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. This is such an Isaiah-saturated you know, kind of passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not only, you know, that, you see the Psalm 2, which was the baptism, yep. you know, him, this is my son, you know, whom I love. Uh, Satan, you know, comes back and says, you know, look at all this, I will give you the kingdom. You know, look at all the kingdoms of the earth, I'll give those to you. Well, that's a promise that God makes 
to the loyal son, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in, in Psalm 2. And uh, what, you know, what Jesus is saying is to receive these from your hand uh, is, is completely the opposite of what God intends. God will, in his own time and in his own way, give good gifts to those who, who know how to trust in him. Mm-hmm. And that's the heart of uh, what we see in this. We've run out of time, but we haven't run out of Old Testament images. But, uh, <laughs> we'll have to do this again next year. Uh, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah. Father, we, we ask for your help as we trust you. Uh, thank you for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Um, would you cultivate a deeper reliance in us on you? And, um, and Father, would you continue to get glory from it? Thank you for your word. Thank you for the work um, it does in us. Thank you for the the vision of Jesus um, that, that we have in, in Matthew's gospel as, as one who has come, who, um, who is the Messiah, who is restoring all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, we long for the day that you finally and fully restore all things to yourself. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.